Hello, and welcome to another community-oriented episode of the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. With us once again, Gloria Fuentes of Glowjoy Companies. We resume our talk with Gloria. She's back in New York and poised to manage a giant construction project. We discuss how that turned out and how that experience catapulted her career. Um, There was also this time when she may have won over some of the crews when she was the new safety inspector. Right, nobody likes likes Safety Girl. Uh, Safety Girl always brought coffee and donuts, though, and, like, healthy treats, so... That's why you're successful. That's why you're successful right there. Coffee, donuts, treats, guys, especially on inspection day, and make sure they're there early so the inspector doesn't think that you brought it for them. Just saying... And if you wear anyway. your P- wear your PPE, you get a be- you get an extra donut. Gloria is just as fabulous on this episode as she was last Friday, and I know you're going to enjoy this wrap up with her. Shout out to CSR Building Supplies for supporting the Drywall Podcast. Each interviewee of the podcast will receive a sweet swag bucket full of all kinds of cool drywall goodies, including, but not limited to, a three-way, a tech dry tool, uh, we've got CSR swag, a Fresco Harmony, Merriman Beige color pack and sealer, and much, much more tired of listening to the drywall podcast well now you can watch the drywall podcast in its entirety on our youtube page as well as listen to it but you can also catch us on spotify uh apple podcast Podbean, and also google podcast oddly enough thank you so much for climbing on board with part two of Glow Joy, Glory Fuentes, on the 74th episode of the Drywall Podcast. Enough of me. Let's get into it. Part two. Here we go. Part two. Um, how did it go with the electricians? <laughs> I luckily talk, have... Do you want to talk about it? I luckily have amazing electricians, so uh, <laughs> oh, good. You know, okay. it went great with my electricians, actually. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, it's always hard to glean meaning behind text messages, you know? I had it in my head, oh, like, she's, like, battling with the electricians, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, no, actually, uh, you know, I am very blessed to work with incredible trades and I've worked with them for a couple of years and on multiple projects. So I think most of the miscommunication kinks that trades typically have on site, we have ironed those out and uh, we've moved on with our lives and now we're all buddies and friends. It's like, you know, people who duke it out and then they become best friends. Yeah. Yeah. uh, We never had duke outs, uh, but luckily, but yeah, I think the, the, typical job site and, and, you know, you nailed it, the typical job site issues that people have and the different trades have a lot of it's miscommunication. A lot of it is lack of communication overall. So if trades are on site and we're supposed to come in behind them or before them, we typically communicate, we use a project management system and we stay in touch. So the plumber and the electrician 
or on a job site right now that we will go back and put a final coat of skim coat. And they actually called us to let us know that they got to poke more holes and they asked us for permission. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I tell them 50 bucks, 50 bucks a patch. <laughs> 50, 50 bucks is cheap. I know. I know. All right. A hundred, 150. Just tell them to leave the money, leave the cash at the, when they do, when they, every time they poke a hole, just leave a hundred dollars cash at the hole. Right. Just stuff hole. it in the hole. Yeah. 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 Or tape, <laughs> tape it inside the hole behind on the wall so that other yeah. people can't steal it. That might be a good, that might be a good route to go. Yeah, we have other places where they could just, you know, stash it or just send us a wire transfer, you know, whatever. Venmo. Ven we got Venmo now, Apple Pay, Zelle. It's so easy. It's so easy to transfer money around. I was thinking about you this morning. I did a crazy workout at 7 a.m. Nice. Every other Friday, uh, this dude, it's not my normal trainer, but he runs this like weird circuit where he does like a warm up four things. And then he does like the actual four things. So it was like legs. It was like back of the legs, hamstring like area and butt. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to do legs, I think a lot of folks, uh, and I'm talking about the males here, not the ladies, yep. Yep. tend to skip the legs, the hammies, and the uh, gluteus maximus. Uh, yeah. And so as a former trainer myself, I used to tell the ladies to skip a leg day and do chest and upper body workout ah, you know, okay. and really focus on shoulder workouts and, you know, workouts for your traps yeah. if, and biceps. Really, if you want, you know, sexy arms, you don't want to focus on your biceps so much, which is what guys do. You know, they yes. like sit there and like curl a million curls, yeah. but really you want to focus on the tricep. That's what's right. going to give you that nice cut. And then the shoulders, you know, like you mentioned, yesterday they help you stand up straighter you know yeah. they help you like with your posture and you know you get that nice little pop especially in the summer yeah. now i sound like a fitness trainer all over again. no i love it i love it i've gotten into this stuff but my yeah. trainer says the same thing the guys work the bicep but mm -hmm. it's what brings the mass is the tricep working the back mm -hmm. of the arm so we're always crunching uh we're always doing the tricep he's big on that um absolutely so you guys are in, you guys are in there. He's a fantastic. You would love him. He's just such a nice guy. But, uh, part two, let me do a recap of part one for our listeners. Just, just, it's going to be a quick summary. If I can fit it all in, uh, Good luck. <laughs> and if I can remember, Gloria, she hails from, uh, she hails from not this country, but from a different country. Remind me again. Yeah. So my parents are American. I'm American as well, but I was born in Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico. You know, yeah, we did grow up on multiple islands as expats. Okay. And then, uh, kind of ended up in Texas of all places. And Gloria has an extremely, uh, you know, dense background in lots of different things. So she, um, jumped out, got out of high school or even in high school, you were dabbling in different things, but mm -hmm. long story short, she's a marketeer. Uh, we, in the last episode we talked about, she was in a commercial, she's a dancer, uh, probably has a little bit of an art artistic bent, very creative. She does fitness. Uh, so she, 
and then she ended up moving to New York where she got into a lot of different career type scenarios, Mm -hmm. real estate banking with Lloyd's bank, uh, a global, a global bank. Uh, and, and I do remember you saying that like, if you can, or do have a chance to work for a global company to do that, because, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it broadens your, it broadens your perspective on how business is done. So that's a good foundation all leading up one solid hour of history leading up to a culmination of why the hell do you do a little bit of drywall and painting and it's because you were dabbling in uh maybe you had a you had an injury mm-hmm. and you got into a uh remodel you decided while you were down with your injury you were going to you know uh burn the midnight oil or do a, do a side project of remodeling a house. And so you sort of tackled this project and that inspired you to be a remodel type of person. And and because of that, some of these people in New York saw what you were up to and they were like, we want you to come out and get your chops doing a bigger project. And that's where we left off. You, you, go back to New York to start this big job. Who was it for? It was actually for a private owner. Uh, It was a French lady actually who had purchased a building and, you know, she wanted to make a portion of it, her retail space and a portion of it, you know, like rent out the units, I think above or whatever. How did she, Uh, how did she hear about you? Through the lender, because I worked for a bank. And so a lot of my connections actually are coming through the lenders. So the lenders like, oh, don't hire a general contractor out of the phone book. I know this great uh, woman, Gloria, in Texas. She'll be great. Hire her. It didn't go all like that, but, you know... (laughs) I, I was referred by the lender to come and do an inspection on the project. And then okay. I ended up here longer. So at the time I was not really a, a general contractor per se. I was more of a owner representative that provided construction management and construction okay. project management pre-planning services. So that was really okay. how my business started off. And, you know, that project ended up not panning out. Okay. The whole, yeah, the whole permitting situation was a mess and the lady had issues with the neighbors and it was just a whole shtick throughout the entire process though. I met an amazing general contractor. Okay. And so, and I I won't mention names just because of, you know, disclosures and whatever, but Um, you know, and now the guy's my competitor, so definitely don't want to advertise, uh, for him, but you know, I met this awesome contractor at the time, at least he was the right person at the time for me to work for. And he gave me a shot, you know, to, he knew I I didn't have anything else going on and I was going to pack up my stuff and go back to Texas and, you know, do whatever. But at the time, all the projects, you know, and the houses we had worked on had already been finished and, you know, there was really nothing going on. And so here I was again in a situation where I was like, what do I do? And, you know, I had some 
roller coaster stuff going on in my personal life. And I was in New York in a place that I knew very well. And I crazy, was crazy. Wait, crazy ex-boyfriend. Everything, everything, everything. Uh, you know, we won't I, even talk about it. We won't even talk about it. I actually, I'm a very private person when it yeah. comes to my personal life. And most people know that just looking at my social media. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I stick to business and trades advocacy and that's about it. I'm like Gloria yeah. the mystery. Um, so, you know, I, I ended up deciding, Hey, you know what? I'll stay in New York. I'll work for this general contractor. You know, I worked as a safety girl and, you know, as an assistant project manager in the office, okay. I ended up getting an opportunity because somebody didn't show up on site to go on site and like, go take notes one time. And I was like, Whoa, this is freaking cool. And then, you know, ended up convincing the GC to put me in the field. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and so as I was out in the field, I, I found myself not wanting to stand around as a safety girl, you know, but really just wanting to pick up the tools and help out because I knew we had deadlines. I was also working as an assistant project manager. So I worked for one of those contractors that, you know, gave you a title and then gave you like 25 different jobs for the same 20 bucks an hour, right? Yeah. 25 bucks an hour. Plus nobody, nobody likes a safety girl. Right. Nobody likes, nobody likes safety girl. Uh, safety girl always brought coffee and donuts though. And like healthy treats. So See, they that's why not... you're successful. That's why you're successful yeah. right there. Coffee, donuts, treats guys, especially on inspection day and make sure they're there early. So the inspector doesn't yeah. think that you brought it for them. Just saying. Yep. And if you wear anyway. your P wear your PPE, you get a bet, you get an extra donut. Yes, wear your PPE. Actually, you know, one of the union girls that I um, that I talked to and mentor a little bit, she says she gets safety chips, and so I'm actually and they the safety chips actually count as like Amazon points or whatever, and then they get like a gift card, you know. There so you I think I'm going to implement something like that because I think it's a Smart. great way to encourage the apprentices to wear their PPE because they see the older guys not wearing their PPE or the older gals not wearing their PPE and they think it's okay. And so if we incentivize them with like gift cards or, you know, something, because uh, I had an orientation at Intel uh, up mm -hmm. in Portland, I was a lowly apprentice. And um, I remember we watched a video. What would Charlie do? Have you seen that? The guy gets burned from head to toe. No, but in New York, they do require us to do over, I think, 60 hours of OSHA safety training before you okay. can even get on a job site as a okay. worker, like as a worker. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, everybody in New York has an OSHA site safety card and each year they add additional you know continuing education requirements depending on how the codes change etc yeah so i just finished a scaffold class that Excellent. is required as part of my certification and i see a lot of drywallers doing stupid shit with scaffolds oh yeah and do you want to go hey we're proud of, we're proud of that we're proud i of know that. <laughs> you know until you fall <laughs> And break your neck. Have you talked with uh have you talked with Shane, the platformer? Have you met that guy? I he have not. Uh, he created a platform a brace. 
that's all rated. It's rated. It goes into the stud and it's for like stairwells and difficult to reach areas. Nice. It's, a, it's and it extends mm-hmm. and it's specifically for setting your platform, uh, scaffold on as a, mm-hmm. you know, like a plank as opposed to a piece of wood in the wall. It's of really course. cool. Yeah. Um, I should, you should look at my, it's called the platformer and his mm-hmm. name is Shane, but he, I interviewed him maybe a year ago and it's pretty cool. Okay. You should check it out. Um, and he's trying to get this going and he has patents on it and stuff. Um, but you're, you would be a good contact for him and you would probably appreciate that. That said, I do want to do a little plug about safety, from my own experience. Hey, you got, it's not macho to not be safe on the job site. This is your body. You get one of them. I see some horrific stuff and like, it's your responsibility. Don't wear the safety equipment because somebody tells you to wear it because if something falls from 50 feet, it's going to crush your skull. Or if you fall off that scaffold, you're going to break both your legs and you're going to have to get an office job. Be mm. smart. Be smart when you're on the job. It's your responsibility. You're not doing it because you because they tell you to. There. Rant over. Well, I'm going to add to your rant because, you know, I love and I'm going to take this rant and I'm going to roll with it on my social okay. media. I got so many clips out of that. Like, All right. <laughs> no idea. But I, I'm going to say that if this rant comes from a woman, guys, please don't tell them, hey, you're not my mom. OK, or give any type of excuse or feedback because right, right. we find as women and, you know, this is my women in construction and women in trades plug Good for, yeah. because there's a lot of conversation going on, particularly within our Instagram community about women in the trades and women in drywall, particularly, you know, yeah. if you're hired as a helper to help a drywaller or a tradesperson, or you're hired by a remodeling company or a GC or a project manager or safety person, and that person happens to be female, you need to treat them the same way that you would treat a male colleague saying the same thing. Because I promise you that if that safety rant came from me, everybody would be like, oh, she's just a safety girl. She's so annoying. Like, uh, you know, they're, they overreact like, you know, well, let's, so- <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And it's like, yeah, the girls get a bad rap. And I think that we're bringing awareness to that all the time, yeah. but it makes, it makes me think of when you hit the crosswalk, Albuquerque, this is just an example, doesn't have anything to do with construction. Mm-hmm. Albuquerque has a little sign with two eyes on it when you hit the crosswalk that says, look, like we are living in a society where people are staring at their phones, walking out into the street where cars are doing, you know, 45, 50 miles an hour. Pay attention, people, like pay attention. There shouldn't have to be a sign on the start of the crosswalk that says, look, you know, no, absolutely and this is the not. same in construction and construction is a dangerous place to be. Um, yeah. It's your responsibility, whether it comes from a man or whether it comes from a woman, pay attention, pull your head out of your ass. And I have to say guys, you know, one of the most dangerous tools is literally in your pocket. It's that, you know, that, that box cutter, 
that, you know, mm. knife that you have in your pocket, like th that causes the most accidents outside of falls in the construction industry. And, you know, it's lethal. So just be careful. And, you know, yeah. we don't want to, we don't want to keep talking about safety because we want people to listen to this podcast and nobody wants to talk about safety. They're listening. <laughs> but, they know, love it. They love it. Gloria. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. Right. You know, so we're, we're just going to keep it a little spicy. At least I don't know when you're posting yeah. this, but we're recording it on a Friday. So they I'm, always drop. It's unique. Yeah. Cause they always drop on uh Friday. I drop them at one. 1 a.m. because I schedule them on Podbean. So nice. the 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 Danny Korea, which is a fantastic episode, just dropped mm -hmm. uh, last night. So the new episode is out today. Your episode cool. will drop. You know, I'll, we'll we'll split it up and do two separate Fridays. It'll be kind of cool that way. Um, so you are on. You're going around to these jobs. You are climbing the ladder, so to speak, within this company very quickly and yeah not, I'll bet. yeah and a lot of people didn't like it obviously they they didn't know because you're because you're a fucking woman man you have no business being it wasn't even that it was the <laughs> lack of construction experience right okay. because nobody took the time to get to know me and or understand that my family came from a background in construction All right. I grew up in blue collar i'd been in and around construction sites my okay. whole life you know okay. did i go to university for a construction management degree no you know did i have proper pmp project management you know check mark check mark check mark check mark as every other white collar person that works in yeah. you know construction does no okay yeah. was i working on some <clears throat> ridiculously large jobs that were worth you know millions in some cases others hundreds of thousands of, of dollars. Yes. You know, and was I learning super quickly? Absolutely. But it was yeah. because I asked a lot of questions and that's another plug that I want to give to people, yeah. whether young or old or new or transitioning careers, like I was into a new industry, you know, ask questions. Yeah. The role of project manager is the same role that I had at the international bank when I was working as an analyst and as an executive assistant to high powered executives yeah. at this global bank, I managed projects, I managed build outs, I managed events, you know, I scheduled, I, I scheduled a lot, you know, and yeah, I budgeted yeah. for entire teams. So very, it's a transitional skill that I took yeah. to the construction industry. And for people who are transitioning, particularly those in tech, and I talk a lot about how tech and construction, you know, there's a lot of tech layoffs and construction needs people. And I yeah. really see an opportunity for people in technology to really embrace the construction industry and find technology jobs within construction because the construction industry needs people that embrace technology in construction. So it's a win-win for everybody. But, you know, I, I, I really like truly do believe that, you know, that job was the catalyst that then took me to where I am now. I ended up getting laid off from the pandemic. Yeah. yeah let's like talk about the, let's talk about the transition. So you built, mm -hmm. you worked your way up in this company and then what goes through Gloria's head when she's like, Fuck this company. I'm going to go start my own company. I mean, where did you have that epiphany? Well, 
I already had my own company, so they hired okay. me as a subcontractor to do okay. safety and project management. So at the time, I was operating as just me myself. And okay. Like an what assistant. was that company? What was that called? Was that Glowjoy? No, we we just called it G Marie and Co. You know. Okay. Um, All right. And All right. I go by G. And people know me as Gloria Marie, um, very Catholic. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, G Marie and Co. And the and Co was my very part-time admin at the time. And whomever I hired as a consultant, you know, it'd be an architect or engineer to help me with inspectors or whoever. So it worked. Now we're Glowjoy Co., you know, and so we kept the co, you know, from the branding. How many employee how many employees do you have now? Okay. Yeah, everybody's like spreading it out. Everybody's a subcontractor. Um, okay. You know, so the premise behind Glowjoy Company like and people working for a Glowjoy company is that they're not always directly working for Glowjoy or directly okay. working with Glowjoy. Um, you may be working with a company. Let's say somebody hires me to, and we're jumping all over the place again, That's but all right. somebody hires me to, you know, renovate a hotel in New Mexico. Right. Yeah. Or even Arizona, because Arizona is a hot market right now. Right. Okay. So let's say somebody hires me to to help them renovate this hotel, a developer, right? Um, that I meet here in New York or at one of the conferences that I that I frequent and go to. And they fly me out there to do it. And, you know, I come up with a plan to help, you know, bring this hotel lobby or, you know, retail space, whatever to the next you know, 20, 30 years, right? A lot of times it requires removing walls so we can insulate, so we can rewire because okay. there's old wiring, you know, and other things that would require us to drywall or do something else. Okay. Instead of wallpaper, you know, maybe I say, hey, why don't we try this Fresco Harmony thing? And then we're yeah. going to hire somebody local. I've got a guy, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? He's the actual owner. And yeah. Yada, yada, yada. So yeah. they would hire you directly through a recommendation right. of us. You know, you would be a glow joy company, you know? And so we, we believe that the subcontractor community and the contractor community needs to work closer together. Okay. From an insurance perspective, number one, I carry my insurance and responsible for my thing. You carry your insurance, you're responsible for your thing. You know, the next guy, you know, carries his license and insurance, they're responsible for their thing, so on and so on and so forth. Right. This gives the power to the developer versus the general contractor. And okay. a lot of general contractors out there are going to find this controversial, but I have worked with a lot of general contractors. And the reason we have an owner rep construction management company is because general contractors, for the most part, give themselves a bad reputation. Okay. And yeah. everybody else in the contracting community, a bad reputation because yeah. oftentimes, you know, we don't know what we don't know, myself included, you know, jobs are not estimated properly or, you know, folks don't know how to communicate because they don't know how to set boundaries or, yeah. they have, you know, some type of emotional wound that they don't know how to talk to people and they like shut down. Yeah. One of the worst things I feel that the contractor community does, and they do it to me and they do it to other sub trades is if they have no news, they don't pick up the phone. 
They don't call you. They don't text you. They don't communicate with you, which yeah. goes back to the the conversation that we had at the very beginning about me and my electrician. Communication. Everything. Yeah. So, you know, we found that if the developer is struggling with this middleman or woman who is a general contractor and they can't get answers, but this person is in control of the money, right? And it all goes back to money. Yeah. Then why can't Mr. or Mrs. Developer just pull the permit themselves or Mr. or Mrs. Homeowner pull the permit themselves or Mr. or Mrs. Building Owner, et cetera, pull, yeah. pull the permit themselves. Same thing with the retail uh, lease holder. Why can't they pull a permit? Like themselves? a Sherpa. You're like, they, a, yeah, manage- you're like a construction Sherpa. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it really just gives the power back to the owner and ultimately it's their money. They don't have to question and or wonder what's happening with their money. We were hired a couple of weeks ago to do an inspection. Okay. For this woman who was referred to us by a developer that we work with. And the woman has given the general contractor that she has a contract with over $200,000. Okay. All right. And one would think, and this is like two thirds of the project plus worth of money, right? One would think that the guy is almost done, right? And that his team is wrapping up, maybe like at a punch list, maybe waiting for some materials or whatever. We went and did a site inspection. He's not even close to ready to pass his roughing inspection. Yeah, not even halfway. (laughs) Not even. And in my head, I'm like, money's money's already spent. He's got he's rolling around. He's rolling around in the big truck with the fancy wheels. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. Right. I don't know him (laughs) from Adam. Never met the guy. Doesn't pick up his phone because if he doesn't have news for the playing the stock, playing the stock market. (laughs) But but what I'm saying is, is he eventually ended up reaching out to the owner and ended up going back to say and going back to work and whatever. And we had nothing to do with it. But, you know, the issue with this owner is that the contractor was not communicating with them and they had all this money. And they don't know what they're doing with the money because there's no communication as to what's happening with the money. Have, you know, uh, things that needed to be ordered, have they been ordered? You know, do they have purchase order, you know, records and all of that stuff. That's just, it's so basic, Yeah. you know, but it's not. And the, the episode today, Danny actually wrote a book on educating the homeowner. It's about hiring a GC. Like yeah. he wrote, he wrote a little 28 page book because he got burned to the tune of a million dollars when he was running a, he's running a large plaster outfit, uh, 20, 75 employees. And wow. he got, bur- he got burned on three different contractors to the tune of a million dollars and it just crippled him. And, uh, he's, it's an interesting story, but, uh, yeah. You know, I- I only it happens. Work, yeah, I only work for the owners direct. Uh, I have multiple different ways in which people can hire me. You know, typically people hire me in the pre-construction and pre-planning phase for these larger projects. And then here recently, as we've discussed, I've started a drywall and painting finishing uh, company, remodeling company. In we West have Jeff- to talk about drywall we and are- painting. I know because because this people, is the drywall people, podcast. If they made it this far, if they made it to thirty minutes, 
gonna get yeah. some drywall we're gonna get some drywall in there and maybe your relationship with canm too and stuff like that but like uh so let's do it let's talk about yeah. it yeah yeah so mean- so you so you have a business for whatever reason you branch away from this construction outfit you kind of have your own business going anyways you're doing consulting you're doing uh you know you have all this background knowledge and you start incorporating drywall and uh painting but you've never done drywall so are you working with like a subcontractor how do you learn besides youtube Besides YouTube and the Instagram gods, uh, drywall okay. gods, you know. And Kayla. Yes, Kayla. Yes. Shout out to the taping queen and that plastering girl, um, yeah. Alice, uh, both of which I shouted out and always shout out when I'm, yeah. you know, doing stuff that they taught me and people are like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, well, learn from this one or learn from this one, et cetera. So but don't, uh, don't you also work with a subcontractor like drywall crew and just kind of jump on with those dudes or dudettes and like do drywall and, and ask them questions and stuff. So what ended up happening is that I initially started the company as just a remodeling company. So that I could, you know, have my own license in the county where I live, which at the time during the pandemic was not closed versus New York City, all the job sites were closed. But where I was and am in Westchester County, New York, upstate New York, and, you know, even parts of Connecticut, they were wide open and we could do construction. So I ended up getting a license up here to just do remodeling and ultimately what happened was is somebody didn't show up to work when they needed to show up to work the drywall crew that i was working with that i had previously spotted nails for you know maybe worked on some closets for etc you know we're like there's absolutely no way we're going to finish this you know by the time that you need it done by. And I was coming in to do the painting afterwards anyway, right? <laughs> because at the time, the only trade that I was doing was painting. You know, I had extensive knowledge in painting. I'd done enough painting. And like you mentioned before, was so artsy that, you know, I, anyway, I enjoy painting. I enjoy doing stuff with my hands. So sure. I, ha- I had deadlines. You're and- not afraid to get dirty. Yeah, I had deadlines and I decided, hey, let me just pick up. I had never done a like, you know, second coat. Like I'd Beautiful. only done, yeah, yeah, I'd only done like filling holes and, you know, and I'm like doing the thing with the hand. <laughs> and so the dry, the drywall guys, the drywall guys are like, yeah, go ahead. Let's see. Let's see how you do. Did they show you anything? I mean, no. And that was the frustrating part. So Many of the drywallers and here, I I mean, I have a lot of friends in the drywall community, so, you know, but there are the select few that are like, not anybody can do this. This is super hard. This can't be taught. Uh, Like all all of them, Gloria. I'm trying to be really nice (laughs) right now. Okay. Like all of them. Dude, we're we're all prima donnas. We know how to do one thing and one thing well. Stay out, stay out, stay in your lane. (laughs) 
Right. And so, you know, as a painter, I'd already patched holes, you know, okay. I'd All already right. done some stuff and taught myself some things. Okay. So ultimately it was my project and yeah. they basically gave me a corner that didn't matter yeah. Yeah. and said, go do that. Good and luck. then they were like, and if, you know, you screw up, you can just sand it and you know it'll be fine okay. <laughs> that's right. literally what they told me they're like if you screw up you can sand it and like yeah. it'll be fine it's and true. so and so you know i did do a lot of sanding yeah <laughs> you know but i then started to ask did you go questions. home did you go home though that night and jump on and like cat and try and look up some like how to drywall stuff and be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna like really dig in and figure out what's going on here with the second coat etc so yes and no because as a site safety person and as somebody who had been project managing and also just overseeing projects for a long time, I'd been around so many people doing drywall and watched them do drywall and the different techniques. So the one thing that I looked up was how to hold the knife properly. Smart. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's key. Uh, because I always say it's blade angle and pressure. Yes. You hold your blade and I don't care how you hold it, but it it's pressure and blade angle. You can pull the exact amount of mud that you need to off the wall. It's also, there's obviously a lot more to it, but right. if you can get that early on, um, there's a couple of tricks, man. If you have somebody like show you a couple of really strategic tricks, you could pick up uh, finishing pretty quickly. Yeah. And so the other thing was, is, the drywall crews that we were using and still use one of them actually. So the drywall crews that we were using, you know, only did hand taping and only did, you know, hand sanding. They did not use any fancy tools and any, but that's also a great place to start is hand. Yes. It is, especially in small areas, which all of New York yeah. is like small spaces. Yeah. You know, you've, you've worked here. Yeah. So, and, and most of the walls aren't straight. So the semi-automatic tools just don't work properly or right. as properly. And you Plus know. you got to carry a bunch of equipment on the subway, like three hours or whatever to get across town. You can't see it, but I've got like behind me, it's like this massive rolly bag. If I do have to take stuff on the subway, you know, and it's, it's more convenient a lot of times to just take my skimming blade and, and my paint pole in my hand or in my backpack and then uh, put everything, you know, okay. else yeah. in this, because driving is two hours, parking is a mess and, you know, taking a Metro in is like yeah. 30 minutes and then yeah. you go to your job site. So it's kind of a no brainer. I also leave tools at my office in Midtown and steel toe boots. There so if I'm coming from Westchester to the city to do any type of inspection or work or anything, I have stuff there and I don't have to like always carry things, you know, in with me. Yeah. So have you I've, seen, have you seen an adver advertisement for invincible shoes? I have, and I have a pair actually. <laughs> I have a pair. They sent me, they sent me, uh, I've never received anything to like, showcase because of my influential power on uh, social media. I don't care. Yeah. Um, they sent me a pair. It's the only time anyone's ever sent me anything to review. Yeah. And I, I got the shoes that are steel toed. They're yeah, hideous. You got the sneakers. They're hideous as sin. Like, <laughs> like, 
And I told the guy that I was like, I hate them right away because they're mesh. The the steel toe like weights down the front. Like, okay, in a boot, I can see. But um, I have a pair that's brand new. I don't know if we have the same size feet, but I'll send it to you. I, I don't have really like small them. feet. I don't, I don't like them either, you know, <laughs> and I... I know that they sell these type of sneakers at Walmart because like Walmart, uh, so to me, they just remind me of the Walmart brands, all of the shoes. I have a pair of boots that was sent to me by Alyssa, the Sparky, uh, because okay. they didn't fit her and she got another pair from the, the folks. And yeah, so I think there was a time they were shipping to different influencers or different accounts and asking folks for feedback, but my feedback and honest feedback, and I will always give honest feedback about everything, yeah. is that it just reminded me of a cheap Walmart brand, you know, boot or yeah. shoe. And for somebody who's had hip surgery, and for somebody who grew up, you know, and was born with an orthopedic problem, my feet are really important. So I use, you know, nice boots. Uh, they're yeah. either going to be Red Wings or Ariats, and those okay. are the only two brands that I use. I'm and a Danner. I'm a Danner guy. I like Danners. Okay. I haven't tried those, and I haven't tried Keen Utility yet. Um, is yeah. what. I was told, but those are the two brands that have worked really good for me. I prefer Ariat over Red Wing, believe it or not. Yeah. And, you know, I had a pair of Red Wings blow out when I was hiking and it pissed me off. I was like back in the bush and I had to like rip the heel off of it and hike the rest of the way out with no heel. Oh, on no. The boot. I was like, well, I'm never buying another pair of those, but they were like 10 years old. So, yeah, whatever. yeah, we digress. Bit. We digress. Drywall. We got to keep drywall. it on drywall. So you're, you wrestle through this project. Were the guys impressed or, I mean, I, I assume you made it through the job on schedule because of, of your efforts. You were like, <laughs> fuck, fuck you guys. I'm going to get it done. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a can do person and I will get it done. Whether you want to show me how or not, we, there's this thing called the internet where I can go on and check out like the taping queen or that plastering girl and figure it out on my own. And that's what I you got did. it done. I got it done. They were impressed and not impressed. Uh, there was a lot of, you should have done this and you should have done this or, you know, this and that, and a lot of nitpicking. And oh, they, yeah. they were used to me nitpicking their work as yeah, yeah. the remodeler. So, you know, they felt like that was their opportunity to do a little payback. To a little payback. payback. <laughs> and I took it as constructive criticism Ended up sure. never hiring that crew again. Yeah. Bye, assholes. <laughs> yeah. One of the guys in the crew actually did end up circling back and asking me if he could work with me because he saw ah. that I was really smart. Yeah. And that I was capable of getting a lot of jobs. So yeah. he asked me, he was like, let's work together. And if you really want to be your I'll be your drywall dude and show you how. Yeah. He's like, if you really want to learn how to, if you're adamant about learning how to, you know, use these tools, okay. um, although I think you should just focus on sales and let us do, you know, <laughs> the stuff. Right. Um, it, it, which is what everybody says, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Sales and let us do this. Right. Yeah. And so what ended up happening is we worked together for a while, you know, I did end up learning some from him and yeah. his brother who would sometimes come and work with us. Okay. And 
we eventually parted ways because I convinced him to start his own crew and get yeah. his own license. Smart. And that way I could hire him for larger projects. He ended up go. getting a large project in New Jersey. He ended up going and, and, you know, working on that project for over half a year. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he was, he was doing his own thing. He always reached out to me when he had questions with paperwork, you okay. know, yeah. or, or if a contractor was asking for absorbent insurance or sure. You're a good person to know in New York, like without a doubt. I'd like to think so. I'd like to you think are. so. Yeah, I'd like to think so. <laughs> you're a good you're a good person to know in general. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to think so. And it's that small island mentality where uh, if if everybody else eats, I eat. And it also comes mm. with, you know, you, yeah. you reap what you sow, right? And so it's just- I think that attitude is getting more prevalent in the drywall space. I mean, I'm joking about, you know, you know, drywallers being closed off and things like that. But there is a community of drywallers emerging. You see it with like Sean. He's such a cool guy. And Corey mm-hmm. is equally as cool. You get to yeah. interview him. He's just yes. he's a riot and he's a lot of fun. And these guys are super cool and they're super open and they're helping out fresco and and we're, I'm helping out tech dry and, you know, we have a surprise for fresco, by the way, that's going to drop later today. Do I have to listen to the episode? No, no, but I do have a, but I do have a surprise for Fresco. Oh, I love it. I love surprises. If you like brought me on here and I know this is not going to drop today or even in the next couple of weeks, I don't even know if it'll drop this year, but two weeks, a week from Friday. Yeah, yeah, we, we do have to... we do have a surprise for Fresco as oh, like that's... a little a little thank you from our team. So yes. yeah, of course. Uh, and uh, you know, it's all about the give back, right? I have yeah. to tell you that since I started to make it about how can we all win together versus me, 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 yeah. me, you know. Yeah. I have gotten so many more projects now over the years. I have to be honest. I have learned that. Yes, I prefer to be out in the field. I prefer to be full of mud. I prefer to be full of paint. And if people see the photos and videos of me working, I recorded a a video of me uh, doing something with the three in one tool uh, that Corey designed. I saw it. I realized that my entire hand was full of mud, like the whole thing, like it looked like I dunked. And I think that's exactly what happened. I think I dropped the tool in the bucket and I just went in and reached. And because I had, (laughs) you know, I was working with plaster and I only had like 20 minutes for the thing to set. I was not going to run all the way to the other side to wash my hands. And so I just kept mudding, right? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, but I do enjoy the field much more. So over the course of the past year, I have worked with a business coach and shout out to Coralie from Thrive HQ. She is amazing. And she works with a lot of women in construction and she only works with women in construction. And she really helped me see that I can be out in the field and still run this company and still be an owner. And I don't have to just do sales as an owner because I think a lot of owners are fearful that 
they, if they want to grow their business, they can't still be on tools. Mm. Well, there's also where I would get bottlenecked into doing all of the work and I wouldn't let anybody do the fancy walls because I was scared to let go. So I was bottlenecked. And then slowly I would find myself, Jack's on the job in Santa Fe right now doing, mm-hmm. and that was the homeowner. Like I'm going to help him hang like a TV. I don't know how I got wrapped into that, but like, <laughs> okay. You know, he was trying to talk me down to a price. I have like a minimum for Santa Fe cause it's an hour and 10 minutes. Like, so, uh, $2,000 minimum Santa Fe. Well, they're like, you know, how much can I get for 2000? Like this is the negotiation, you know, and it's just, it doesn't matter the number generally it's the hustle. And, mm-hmm. uh, I ended up upselling them. I mean, the job in now is like up to like 2,600, you know, can, can you do this extra money? And he was like, he was like, don't I have a coupon or something? And I was like, no, dude, it's six fifty a square foot. I'm driving up here. Jack doesn't want to come up here. I got to pay him. You know, at the end of the day, it's like I make 800 bucks for driving up to Santa Fe three times, you know, and that isn't enough. No, so in today's, no. well, Can I here, start estimating your projects for you. Here, no, here it's different. I'll take 10%. Here, Albuquerque is definitely different than New York, but even in Albuquerque, those are price competitives and there's, there's a sticker shock around $2,000 minimum price point. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he talked me into hanging the TV, whatever. Um, the guy here, fun fact too, the client was the director of the TV show Benson in the 70s. And he had an Emmy at his house. And so that was, I took a picture with, with <laughs> that Emmy. A, he was the director, 1970s Emmy. It's so cool. <laughs> we, um, we have found some pretty cool stuff in spaces that we worked at, whether they're, you know, commercial or residential, 100%. Yeah, know, yeah. 100%. I actually found, believe it or not, we, we remodeled, this um house up in Cortland Manor which is a historic part of New York okay. and it was a french manor and it had original like 1920s sheetrock and okay. the insulation was so good that the actual sticker in the back of the sheetrock was intact beautiful <laughs> you know? and so it was really cool and it's like you a know, collector's and- that's a collector's item I wish I would have kept it. I did take a photo. I wish I would have kept it now in hindsight. Like at the time I wasn't a drywaller. That was the project where the guys and I ended up picking up the knives. So it's a historic project overall. Yeah. I do uh, an interview with uh, Derek Trout. He has a bunch of old drywall tools. So I think too, something that's emerged in drywall is a lot of people like these vintage tools and then Aaron and uh, Phil with PRC taping, they just refurbished an old, uh, eighties uh, bazooka. Yeah. It was yeah. cool. Like really cool that. That. vintage bazooka. And Phil's like, you know, he's like, a, he's like a badass drywall finisher in the space, like from, uh, from Toronto. And, uh, so he's like rocking this like vintage Columbia tool. Now it's, it's pretty cool, but, uh, very cool. What I'm very what? curious about these semi-automatic tools, by the way. You know, I've never used any of them other than a roller. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're curious about the semi-automatic tools. What the hell? So <laughs> my <laughs> my suggestion to somebody who's a novice or like you do some handwork or whatever is like handwork is like 
a few sheets, like a few sheets of sheetrock. Okay, I'll just do it by mm-hmm. hand. No, you are familiar with a banjo, right? I am familiar with a banjo. So yes. a banjo strings tape fairly efficiently. If I was a novice, I would, I would, if I was teaching a novice, I would say, get a banjo, man. They're a hundred bucks and they like string tape and mud at the same time. Thin down mm-hmm. your mud. You know, they work really good. Now, okay, you can take it a step further. The the semi-automatic tools will apply, the pump will apply the mud on the wall. Then you can put the tape on afterwards. There's just like, just like the internet or tech, there's several different ways to achieve one goal. Like this is like a revelation for me on the computer. It's like, there's 20 different ways to save this file. And my <laughs> and how to do my workflow when I'm creating a podcast. There's many different ways to do it. And the way that works for you is the right way. So semi-automatic tools just help expedite the process of finishing, especially some of those corner tools, especially tools that Can-Am makes because they're like the experts in the semi-automatic tool realm. That's their specialty. Right. And so... Kayla, going back to my, you know, drywall taping mentor, because, you know, that's kind of how I see it. If it wasn't for her and all the tips she gave me, she introduced me to the roller. So when I got into redoing, you know, basements on my own and other things, because once I, once I got into the mud and I was able to do it and the client was satisfied with work, I was like, oh, I don't have to always hire a drywall or a taping crew to do certain projects. I can do right. them myself. And do you find profit. that you, do you find that you like the mud though? You're kind of drawn to, it's kind of a fun aspect of construction. That's a common I'm a creative. Thread. I'm a creative. So, yeah. you know, you, it, there's a special touch to it. I'm yeah. left-handed. Yeah. So I keep doing this, you know, there's okay. a special touch to it there's a finesse to it. Like some days you're going to be better than others depending on how you feel. And also, you know, there's an aspect to it where there's many different ways to get to the end result. Yes. And there's many different tools that one can use. There's not one correct way. I know there's a lot of old school people who don't like the semi-automatic tools. I know that there are people who hate (laughs) the Fez tool and the Merca and all these vacuums. And they're like, no, you have to hand sand it. There's no way, you know, Uh, I know. Yeah. I know people. There's butt board too. People are against the, butt board where they railroad the joints yeah. that's a that's a big controversy yeah yeah so the, there's people who are upset about all these different things and i feel like it's whatever works for you and whatever gets to the end result yeah. i ended up finding another drywall crew and this was a two-man crew cool. but they were using can-am tools okay so they were able to do you know a thousand square feet for me in like two and a half days <laughs> and okay so you noticed crew, yeah a regular you noticed a, a, a speed difference between somebody using semi-automatic tools versus a hand finisher yeah and the way that i hire ended up hiring them because this is how i see it right when i hire trades or, you know, sub trades to come in and do a portion of work for a remodeling project that we have. I never hire anybody that if they don't do a good job, I can't go in and do the job myself or bring somebody else and still either break even or make a tiny profit. Right. 
because okay. if I'm trying new people, I know sometimes they're going to suck. Like we ended up hiring a contractor, a drywall contractor from Instagram that stole a bunch of photos from people from Canada and would like post stuff on his Instagram <laughs> Love and <that. laughs> thought he was great and all this stuff. And he did one coat, brah, one <laughs> coat. The tape was all bubbling. It was like coming off the wall. Oh, it was like, no. I was like, I was like, get that out of here, you know? And he was like, no, like he was trying to put mud behind the drywall to make it stick instead of screwing them in. Like I was just sure. like, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyway. And he kept talking to me like I was an idiot. Like sure. he kept talking to me like I didn't know anything about drywall and you know how that was going to be sanded off. And I was like, that's a lot of sanding though. Like even I can do better than that. And I yeah. suck. Yeah. And that's typically what I tell people. Like if I can do better than you, and yeah. I suck, then get the skids, you know, get out yeah. of here. Yeah. And at this point I don't suck. You know, Kayla and I were talking about it. You can She's tell it's so fun to watch somebody <laughs> that is good at their trade. You see some yeah. of these dudes on social media, um, running like, like floating out butt joints or, or running, you know, it's so fun to watch a true professional. I really like to watch good hangers, like good, like a good hanging crew for drywall. Like they're so good. Or it's like Mason or like, you know, watching a Mason work, you know, put up mm -hmm. a, put up a brick wall. It's so cool. Like, and you it can is. tell right away how they're setting up, how clean they are everything like you can tell oh this person has been doing this this is their skill i want that person i don't want somebody that does a million different things that tells me they're a tile guy putting on my tile i want the guy that's the tile guy putting on the tile because they're good at it which is how we ended up with drywall and painting as our specialty do we do other types of finishes absolutely do I have an entire technology division? Yes, we deal a lot with LED lights. We deal a lot with smart technology. And so, you know, so that I don't have a million holes poked in the wall, I went ahead and brought that in house, you know? And yeah. so yeah. I, I see an opportunity for this to grow much more than just me hand taping, you know, a small eight by eight or 10 by sure. 10 room yeah. by myself yeah. or doing a small 600 square foot basement by myself, which, I is do how, too. which is how Sean and I, to be really honest, relate when Sean started, if you looked at his videos, that's what Sean was doing. He was only doing those little rooms or little basements. And now you look at Sean's videos and they're like huge rooms and like yeah. you know, commercial spaces traveling yeah. all over the place, representing yeah. different brands. And so yeah. I see now as I am exploring the automatic tools or the semi-automatic tools, because I mm -hmm. have, I've placed an order from CSR okay. and, you know, uh, shout out to Kayla for helping me pick a trowel and, you know, I'm going to the wait, trowel. what trowel, what trowel did you go with? I went with a Nella trowel and nice. those are her favorites. She recommended two of them. I ended up picking the one that had the wood handle. I don't now you want to do it. You want to do a hawk and trowel versus a pan and knife. So I've always been doing pan and knife. All right. Always. But that's I'm a hard doing... trans. That's a hard transition. That's why I ask. 
I've heard, but I'm doing a lot of ceilings okay. <laughs> recently and I'm really, I'm a beast with the skimming blade in the roller because that's where go. I started. Okay. So, you know, me and my roller, and that's what I'm teaching my apprentice. I have an apprentice right now. And so okay. I've got video of him rolling and then me coming behind with the skimming blade, Cool. you know? And so I feel like because we do so much skimming <laughs> And a lot of the walls that we do are skimming. I jokingly took my trowel two weeks ago and did the same thing that the plaster girl did and started using it as a yeah. trowel to put yeah. the mud on the ceilings and yeah. the wall. Well, and then now you're, now you're doing fresco harmony, like, but instead <laughs> of using a square trowel, I use a 14 inch pool trowel. So right. we're, pool, we're pool troweling. Right. So I started to find, try to find creative ways outside of okay. thinning my mud and rolling it and creating a splatter mess with the roller, you know, to yeah. put a thicker layer of mud on the ceiling or on the wall so that, you know, right. I could even it out because I'm working on a church that's over a hundred years old and I don't, I'm not trying to make the walls level five, but you know, yeah. if I'm fixing cracks with fiber fuse and or yeah. netting or whatever, I still have to like put two or three <clears throat> thick layers of the plaster or of whatever bonding agent I'm using at the time. Sometimes yeah. structolite depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I was using, I was using the, 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 the hawk to put mud. And so okay. I reached out to Kayla cause I see her with this trowel, you know, and yeah. you can, it's the same action. And I asked her and I also saw, uh, it's your man, Cam, Hey Cam, oh, yeah. um, with his trowel and doing his fresco and all the artsy stuff that he does with his trowel. And that's kind of how I envision me doing fresco, like an artsy thing versus just sure. like flat walls. So I was like, let me try it. Right. Like Sean yeah. said, he hated the trowel and, and Hawk and, you know, yeah. Nathan is all about his like, you know, pen. And uh -huh. I mean, everybody, everybody has their like, Shtick. Yeah. So I'm not proficient enough. I feel like at one or the other to yeah. like have like a preference. Now I'm a beast with my little six inch knife. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I've gotten, I, I ordered some new ones. I, it was time for me to get a new set. Cause my set was like, what'd you get? What's that? I really like DeWalt. I know yeah. it's, yeah. you know, I really like DeWalt and I don't have any DeWalt tools here. I mean, all my carpentry tools are DeWalt, like, you there know, you go. so my miter saw and, you know, all of the bigger tools that we use for like finished carpentry, like all of that is DeWalt. But for the most part, all of my tools are Milwaukee oh, okay. and, you know, I use a little bit of Bosch here and there. I'm not like uh, one of those people that's like married to a brand and mm -hmm. I'm not sponsored by absolutely anybody. And yeah. so, you know, I'm not loyal to any brands. I am loyal to the right tool for the job. And I learned from one of my mentors, shout out to Dennis, uh, you know, one of my mentors that you always use the right tool for the job, like for plumbing, if we're cutting certain PVC or whatever, rigid might be better, you know, than uh, a default. Yeah. Uh, if a Milwaukee I like the rigid uh, shop vacs, they're like, make a good well, shop vac. 
Right. <laughs> you know, I, listen, what I'm saying is, is certain brands cater to certain trades and rigid yeah. traditionally is going to be a, a you know, a plumbing type uh, brand. Uh, Okay. And Milwaukee is preferred also by plumbers and electricians. I've seen a lot using yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah. The carpenters are very loyal to DeWalt. Yeah. You know, like that's interesting. And yeah. so I and I follow so many different accounts, right? You know, you got Sash the Carpenter, who is an absolute beast up in Canada and yeah. love her to death. And she, you know, I got a pass load nail gun from her. I wouldn't even know what pass load is if it wasn't for her. And I right. love their nail gun way more than any other brand. And so I'm not loyal to any brand, but I will say that I've tried a lot of knives, uh, especially when I was starting off. And obviously most of them were the cheap Home Depot crap, you know, that you could like just pick up. And yeah. then I started to do my research and order stuff. I ordered some level five knives. I've got a level okay. five skimming blade. I'm not a huge fan of their like hand taping knives though. I mean, okay. I, I'm really not. Uh, right. Their skimming blade is great, but I prefer okay. DeWalt. Awesome. We're, and Corey's um, three in one, which is always in my pocket. Like, there's only always. there's only one three in one besides the dry X uh, yeah. or the the flex dry. Did you see the the video that we made about the flex dry? We made a funny video making fun of the tech the dry. dry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw it. I saw you it. Saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. It's it's ridiculous, and I hope to make more ridiculous videos too because that that makes me smile and. It's what fun. is what's life if you can't smile or raz your buddies? Um, exactly. Something you know what? Let's just do the pearl of wisdom. So okay. if Gloria Fuentes could bestow a pearl of wisdom on the drywall community and beyond, what would it be? You know, I saw this on your other podcasts okay. and I thought I was ready for this and I had something, <laughs> but after the conversations that we've had in the past couple of days and past 24 yes. hours, I think that the pearl of wisdom that I'm going to leave folks with is, you know, have no fear. And I say that because I have changed careers and lived by recently mostly faith to build this multiple six-figure business yeah. and to grow a community of sub-trades that I enjoy working with, you know, yeah. within Glowjoy companies and within all the projects that we project manage that have the same mission and vision as I do and who embrace me regardless of how long I've been in the drywall community or the painting yeah. community or the remodeling community or yeah. not. And I'm looking now at projects where we would be hanging the drywall, taping the drywall and painting. So doing a lot of the finishing for, you know, a 50 unit building, a hundred yeah. unit buildings. And those are the type of bid packages that I'm getting for, you know, the little remodeling company that could, which was just me and a helper. And yeah. so if people out there, and I know most of the community here 
owns their own business, I will say, have no fear. Don't be afraid of growth, hire trainers, you know, hire mentors. It it's just going to help you elevate your business that much faster. Now that I know so many of you, you know, and I have interacted with so many of you, if there's an opportunity for me to work a project with you guys, where I, I even get paid like a nominal fee just to do my job and sweep the floor, but I get to cool. learn, you yeah. know, I oh, will we'll do, do it. it. Yeah, I'll we'll do, do it, it because it's an opportunity to learn from veterans in the industry. And that's how I learned carpentry. That's how I learned the little bit about electrical that I know, the little bit about framing, you know, everything, everything that I yeah. know, tile, you know, I'm, I know a little bit about enough to be dangerous with YouTube direction and my network to complete jobs. So, you know, also we'll say to sub trades, don't be cocky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like just don't, because there's going to be somebody like me who's going to be like, you know what, just pack up. I'll figure out how to finish this myself. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Gloria Fuentes. Thank you so much. Two thank parts. I, I captured you for two hours plus. How awesome is that? And I really appreciate your time. I know you're extremely busy as are we all. I would like to get your business coaches information really quick for the women out there who feel yeah. like they might need some nurturing as, uh, in, in, the, in the construction industry. What's her, just give me her name and where we could, they could possibly get in touch with her. Absolutely. So her name is Coralie Beattie. And she is actually in Canada, but she works with women all over North America okay. and she's got multiple offering plans. Her handle is at thrive HQ. So T H R I V E H Q on Instagram. And okay. I'm happy to shoot that over to you so you can put it in the show notes and uh, give her a nice little shout. But yeah, Coralie yeah. is, is a game changer. And she and will allow men to follow her page. She will allow men to follow her page. One of the okay. biggest men, <laughs> men, 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 one of the biggest ways in which we can support women in construction is by having more men support women in construction. Women do a good job of yeah. supporting each other, of you know, rallying each other and being there for each other. But we do need more men supporting women oh, in construction yeah. and giving women opportunities for big jobs like the job that I received a bid for, yeah. you know, 50 units plus that was, you know, a a, a a well-known company and it's a well-known developer and general contractor that is given an opportunity and not because they have to meet some minority quota, but because men need to be the first line of defense. Is yeah. Women in it's happening more. We've got, you know, trim text does women in business. They're all kind of jumping on board with women, women in construction, women in business, you know, these types of platforms. It's very, uh, uh, it's shifting, um, it which is, is good. Um, also your handles, uh, if you want to go and follow Gloria Fuentes, you've got glow joy. Let's get, let's hit the Instagram handles. What are they? We are at glowjoy.co on all platforms. Okay. On all <laughs> so, dot, dot co. So that's easy. Does. Yeah. And our and website, which platform, which platforms real quick. 
We mostly post on Instagram and on okay. uh, LinkedIn. However, okay. we do have accounts on TikTok. We have accounts on, um, I believe, Threads. We also have an account Ooh. on Pinterest. We have, yeah. you know, we have multiple accounts. And so we're at glowjoy.co. Thanks. Okay. Shout out to Go Social Up and the branding people for making that happen. But yeah, cool. all platforms to keep it easy. And that's our website URL Smart. also. Okay. <laughs> glowjoy.co.com. Uh, nope. Yeah. .co. .co. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you so much for being with, uh, with us, this community on the Drywall Podcast again today. We'll keep following you and I'm sure we'll meet. We're going to do a cool big job sometime. It's going to happen. Sometime. It's, it's going to happen. And uh, Glory's going to be there and we'll get to like run all the tools and we'll razz you and we'll have a lot of fun. That'll be amazing. I look <laughs> yeah. forward to it, whether it's this year or next year. Thank you so much for having me. And to the folks that listened to part one and part two, or just listened to part two, thank you so much for being here and for listening and tuning in. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe, give it a thumbs up, share it with other people. And not for me, but really for Nick, because Nick is building some awesome community here. And, you know, the best way that we can support Nick and help Nick out outside of buying Fresco Harmony is by liking, subscribing, and, you know, turning yeah. on that notification bell also to make there sure you that you know when the next episode drops. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we'll talk soon. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Shout out to Gloria for being on the Drywall Podcast today. What a pleasure. The Drywall Podcast was brought to you by Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. Now you can put color right into joint compound. Go over that existing painted texture and make walls look beautiful efficiently and affordably if you'd like to sponsor a month of the drywall podcast you can reach out to me directly at info at frescoharmony.com or give me a call 505-400-9313 i'd love to hear from you Thank you so much for joining us on the Drywall Podcast today. I cannot express my gratitude for how awesome this whole thing has gotten. And it's because of listeners like you that we continue to do these cool episodes and meet great people like Gloria. Join us next Friday as we have the man, the myth, the legend, Drywall Danny, star of the show Tough as Nails, right here on the Drywall Podcast with us. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. And remember, keep drywalling. <laughs>